What's going on, guys? Uh, welcome back to the Couch Potato Show. We've got a very special episode today. I'm, of course, joined again uh, by my co-host, uh, one half of my co-host, Frank Pedarini. Um, and today we are joined very specially by the host of the Washed Up Sports podcast, um, Evan, Max. How are we doing? What's good, man? Happy to be here. Doing well, Tyler. Thanks for the unbelievable introduction. Glad to you know see what we got and uh, get get to it. Yeah, of course. We've got a uh, we got a big episode planned. Uh, big collaborate, big collab episode planned. So uh, let's just get right into it. Um, I'm guessing we can't leave out the Super Bowl last night. Um, obviously, recording this on a Monday. Um, so last. Uh, Last night, the uh, Super Bowl between the Bucks and the Patriots. And sorry, I'm used to saying Patriots. So close. Bucks, <laughs> um, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady. Uh, what a game we had! Um, you guys want to want to touch on what what transpired last night? Because you guys are you guys know Tom Brady pretty well. Yeah, I mean, what I saw a lot last night, at least from the Bucks, is a lot of efficiency on offense, and that. Uh, and early down efficiency, which helped them a lot. I mean, they weren't in many third down situations at all compared to uh, the Chiefs all game. So I think that helped them tremendously, tremendously just being able to move the ball on first and second down. So they're in those when they are in third down, they're in those short yarded situations. And I think that's what helped them win the most. And you were watching the game and I think in my opinion, I know you just said early down uh, conversions, but I think that the defensive line for the Bucks was by far the most important. They got to Patrick Mahomes the entire game, and it was always like he was either throwing the ball away or he was scrambling. It was just really important for them to just get it right at him, which was which was the game plan for most people. So, absolutely. I mean, like he was rattled. You could tell he was rattled from like the first quarter when they uh, started blitzing. So yeah, absolutely, I agree. Yeah, there was no like no stopping that defense the offensive line for Kansas City really fell apart great job by the secondary doubling on Tyreek Hill and not letting him get open in too much space Travis Kelsey was held to mostly short catches so he had some catches but just overall really good job of containing you know that two-headed monster there did a good job of playing the run and just getting to Pat Mahomes and making him feel the pressure to the point where no matter what, he just couldn't do anything. And it wasn't even his fault. It was just an overwhelming amount of pressure from the Buccaneers defense. And then offensively, obviously efficiency, Max said before, best word to describe it. Wide receivers getting open. Leonard Fournette had a great game. Which Playoff was Lenny. Yes. Playoff Lenny. <laughs> so big one for the, L- the guy at LSU there. Best, probably biggest moment of his career, obviously. So, after being- yeah, I mean, Ev, you were huge on Winfield, and he got a pick at the out there at the end. That was huge. Yeah, and, he, and he hit Tyreek with the piece. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> bro. The, I can't believe they threw a flag for that, bro. After the disrespect Tyreek Hill has the entire year to everybody, like, come on. <laughs> yeah, like, I agree, man. The like, why are you throwing a flag on that? They were so soft all night long. I mean, they were soft, yeah. The calls that the that the Chiefs were getting, I mean, some of the pass interference calls were, um, they made sense, but some of them were like uncatchable balls by like ten yards. Um, I, I think it was Mike Evans on that one uh, that on one the sideline. It was yeah, like fifteen yards out. And that was one that I really didn't like. But in all fairness, we 
obviously like the amount of slander that NFL referees get are, is just insane. And in real time, like, I, like it feels like he like, he got tackled from behind like, in real time. Yeah. I bet it's really hard to see that. So like, am I going to complain? Sure. But I mean, that's, it's hard. It's not an easy job. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. The one I was honestly, and this come from like a diehard Tom Brady fan. The one that I was pissed off the most about was when they flagged Tyron Mateau. Like I thought that, Tom should have gotten the flag on that because Tom was the one that chased out. Yeah, yeah. That's why I didn't respond to you this morning, Ev, because I think Tom was in the wrong in that. Like, no, I feel like I feel like Matt Tyrone was good. Fuck that guy. (laughs) Get out of here, bro. He's one of the best safeties in the league. Yeah, if you talk to our our uh, other co-host Eric, he's always like he always preaching the the rigging of the NFL, and he talks about it for days on end. He could, but in this game, it was kind of. Like, in my opinion, the refs played a role, obviously, but that game was over because that, that defense just didn't let Mahomes out at all, and he couldn't get anything. And even I even was texting our group chat that we have, like, the the Chiefs receivers, like, were just dropping every ball that came to them. They had, like, three balls that hit him in the face mask, and they just yeah. bounced right off their faces, and it was just, like, just wasn't yeah. their night. The fact the refs that weren't the reason that the Chiefs didn't score. No. The, the Chiefs' offensive line last night was just – it was depleted as shit. Um, everyone was hurt. Mike Remmers played like dog crap. Um, I mean, he was just – he was barely trying. You watch replays out there, and he's just like, eh, and just lets the lets – the, uh, He made one one double move, and then and he just let guys by, and it was just yeah, – hey, He wasn't doing anything. I think I saw a stat. Um, it was like Patrick Mahomes scrambled for 500 yards last night. Yeah, um, it was like – A new record. Yeah, it was like, crazy. Like, before he threw the ball. Yeah, I, I think I saw that too. Like before he threw the ball, he scrambled for like 500 something yards. Yeah, it was insane, which is something unheard of. First of all, because it's never happened before that many yards. And second of all, you can't let that happen. I mean, Andy Reid has been preparing for this game for two weeks, knowing that they're not going to be fully healthy on the offensive line. And this is what you do. Like this is, that was awful ex- execution by the, uh, by the head coaching job there. That was the worst they've been beat since Mahomes came into the league. Yeah. That was, That's that the was worst they've been beat since they played the Patriots in the playoffs in the AFC Championship game a couple of years ago. Listen, I think that's only the second time that Mahomes lost by the double digits in his NFL career or something like that. Some it was the only stuff. time he looked, like, out of the game. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, he's, like, obviously he's lost games before, and that Patriots game is one. But even in that game, he looked like a star that he is. Like, in that Super Bowl last night, it was just like, that was not him. Yeah, he looked hurt, too. Yeah, well, he had that turf toe going, and he had the concussion a couple weeks ago. And a lot of people don't know that turf toe could get really bad. Like that. Oh yeah, hurts, dude. I mean, I, I, I heard. I've never had it, but I heard turf toe could just like if you continue to play on it, not doing it, destroys you. It eventually could just turn into a broken toe. Yeah, yeah. Like, and then you just are playing with a broken toe, and you just gotta let that heal at some point. It's awful. That sounds so painful. Yeah. So, I mean. I don't doubt Mahomes will get back there sooner than later. Yeah, that's that's what I told everyone. They were like, "Oh, what about Mahomes down?" I'm like, "Guys, he'll be here at least another like, like three or four times. Like, he'll be fine. It's not a big deal." So Brady gets his seventh. Uh, anything else? They should name that the MVP after or something <laughs> like the MVP or like classic Pats fan over here. No, like something because like. Well, think, in my opinion, you shouldn't even have won it last night, but that's a whole different thing. Oh, I agree. I think one of the defensive – one, one of those defensive linemen should have won it. 100%. I think, like, Shaq Barrett could have won it. Yeah, Shaq Barrett, JPP, who plays better with eight fingers than he does ten. Absolutely. So, I would have given it to Gronk. <laughs> you could have yeah, given it to Gronk as well. 
Devin White. Devin, Devin White. White's an option. Yeah. There's a dumb, I don't I think they just gave it to Tom Brady because it's Tom Brady, you know. Yeah. Yeah, if there's no outstanding performance by anybody else on the field, it just automatically goes to the quarterback. Which yeah. I was I was on NFL.com last night, like voting, because I got bored watching the game because it sucked. Yeah, it was pretty and boring. I went online and the way the voting is set up, it loads one at a time. So what they do is they tell you, okay, go vote at this website. And then you go on to the, you go to like the link to vote and it comes up one position at a time. So Patrick Mahomes and Tom Brady were like the first tier. And then every single tier after that would take about 10 minutes to load. Oh, so they just get people by just like not waiting for that long. You're like, okay, I'm just going to vote for the, for Tom Brady. Cause I'm not going to wait to see. I'm not going to wait to vote for Gronk if he's not going to win. So I have to sit here on my phone for 10 minutes. So, I don't know. Kind of of rigged in that way, in my opinion. So, that's a wrap on the Super Bowl. Segwaying into our next segment, we're going to talk a little bit about some NBA. I think we wanted to start off talking about the all-star game since there's been some recent talk about that and current events and everything. So I'll just get us started on this a little bit. So a lot of players, I know De'Aaron Fox, one of them, Giannis Antetokounmpo, both said they think the all-star game this year is stupid. LeBron too, shouldn't happen. Obviously it's, it's at this point, I think it's just like a money sham. And I think it's reckless during coronavirus to risk that. And just, I think it's stupid. And I don't, I don't really think they, we need an all-star game. I, I don't really care about the all-star game, but anybody else has a different opinion, correct me if I'm wrong, but I know we're going to, just for the sake of it, talk about our starting fives for the East. And the, the couch potato guys are going to do the East and Max and I are going to do the West. Anybody else on the all-star game? I mean, you, you pretty much hit it on the head. I think it's pointless. Uh, I know I like watching the all-star game personally, but during all this coronavirus pandemic stuff, it's just really not worth it in my opinion. So. I agree there. And then on another topic, like it's also not like the all-star game is how it was 10 years ago where it was like super competitive and like people like actually tried super, super, super hard. And like, although you know, last year's all-star game was like one of the best of all time. So if they kept that, that form, I'll give you that. But like, it, that was like the first time. Yeah. That's the first time generation that it actually that looked actually, like they cared. Yeah. Um, and that was just because of, you know, like Kobe and Gianna, all that stuff, which I hope they continue playing that competitive because it was so much fun to watch. So yeah. Yeah. Um, like, but I was gonna say it'd be a different story had, had it been like they're going super hard at the All Star game as usual, but like they they usually aren't, at least what we've seen. And not only and not only that, but like the like let's take the take the Lakers for example, because they're gonna have if we do have an All Star game, they're gonna have two All Stars in Anthony Davis and LeBron. Um, they just finished playing the NBA Finals not too long ago. Um, they had how long of an off season? And then they're, and then you're going straight into the regular season in the NBA. You're doing conditioning and all this, barely any off season. Um, and then you can't even give the players five days off. I mean, you have to have an all star game, really. Like, yeah. just give them the give them the week off. Do like, I don't know, do like a rising stars challenge or something. Like, have the rookies and the sophomores go up against each other. Do something like that. Um, or do what the NFL does. Have them play like 2K against each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, do something stupid. 
yeah anything but like don't have all-star matchup yeah exactly don't have a don't have an all-star game because then you have players practicing like three days beforehand and then having to do media all day and then you have corona testing corona testing every single day yeah and then you have to go into the game and do the entire game and then there's all this all the other stuff that goes into it but it's just it's pointless it's just a money a money grab deal which is the last thing the nba needs and the last thing nba fans want honestly yeah I think as I know, I think I'm an NBA fan. I think we all are. And then just, I think I could speak for most of our listeners too. When as a fan, you can tell something isn't genuine and you could tell it's just a money grab and that they don't really give a fuck. It turns you off most as a fan. Yeah. The pro bowl. I haven't watched the pro bowl since like 2005. The first time I watched watched the pro bowl. Like I watched it maybe once and I was like, all right, this is the most pointless thing in my entire life. So I never watched it. It's disingenuous. So like, why would you watch it? Yeah. What I was thinking kind of too is like these guys don't really get to see their families that often. So let them see their families. First of all, you can't. Yeah, just go home for a week, you know? It's not a big deal. On top of that, if somebody catches COVID at this All Star game, like that's a media nightmare. Yeah. Media nightmare. And then that directly impacts the season when usually you don't want the All Star game to impact the season at all. And not only that, it would affect every team that has an All Star, which is most teams. Exactly. True. Well, and apparently if you're healthy and you decide not to play, it's like a $50,000 fine. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, they fine you for it. It's ridiculous. That's nothing though. Like yeah, but that's for them, it's fight. nothing. Yeah. That's for not them, right, like 5,000. I mean, for yeah, some of the guys, right. for some of the guys, it's a drop in the bucket. Like LeBron, that's a drop in the bucket for LeBron. But I mean, if, if you're a rookie. Like Trey Young said, that's a lot of money to Trey Young. He's still on a rookie, rookie deal. Or Luka, like a Luka Doncic who's still on their rookie deal and doesn't – like they're not getting paid right now. Like $50,000 to waste on like not playing in an All-Star game. I'll have to just go to the All-Star game, put my body through that, and then – I know $50,000 to these guys is like change, but at the end of the day, it's their money and they shouldn't be going back to the NBA because they don't want to put themselves at risk. No, absolutely. I agree. I was just saying it's not that. I agree with all of you. I agree that they, they, it's yeah. bullshit. They shouldn't be doing it. But I was just saying 50000 Yeah, it's something stupid like, like that. I've LeBron, seen it before. 50000 to LeBron is like a pair of shoes. Well, that guy makes it in like one quarter probably. Exactly. Every so, shot he takes. Yeah. yeah, probably. Something like that. So, uh, said, Tyler, yeah. Frank, Couch Potato, you guys want to get us started with who your starting five is for the Eastern Conference? Go ahead, Frank. You do uh, you do one, three, five. I'll do two, two and four. Switch off. One, three, five. All right, we're gonna start with Kyrie, uh, point guard for the Nets. The guy's crafty. One of the top five ball handler of all time, in my opinion. Uh, you guys can have other opinions, but that's just I agree. Saying. I like that. I like that take. Yeah, there's probably <laughs> Steph, AI. Uh, I don't probably think probably Kyrie's probably three. And then at the three, small forward. Or you, you want to go first, Ty? You yeah, I'll, I'll go, I'll go yeah. shooting guard. Shooting guard. Um, there's a couple of players that you could put at this position, but um, personally, I think uh, Bradley Beal deserves to be here the most. Uh, just all he's done for that uh, organization and how far, um, like they've been playing pretty well this year, not extremely well, um, but it seems like every single night Bradley Beal puts up like some absurd stat line and then you see, but they lost. And like, the, like the most points put up by, or like the big, like whatever stat it is, like the most this or that put up by a player in a loss. 
Like Bradley Beal has gone absolutely off for the Wizards this year. Deserves to be an All Star after all these years of uh, getting snubbed. So definitely put Bradley Beal in my starting lineup. And at the three, no, no discussion here. I'm, we're going to go with Kevin Durant. Uh, the guy is, looks even better than he did coming off a of torn Achilles. And I was one of the guys uh, we made picks for MVP and Tyler picked him. And I was like, I don't think he's going to look that good, but he proved us all wrong. The he's guys, built he's built different. That that man built different. Uh, he's probably arguably a top five player in the NBA right now. Probably top three. Uh, it's not even close. There's no one else that I would even put here. So we're going to Kevin Durant. Um, breaking news, Yadier Molina signed a one-year contract with the Cardinals, just to sidebar that. That's, just um, like, that's, like, that's like the news that Brett Gardner is going to sign back with the Yankees. It's kind of pointless. Anyway, uh, power forward uh, in the East, have to go Giannis. Not real any competition here at the at the four spot. Um, one of the most dominant players in the NBA. Not much, not really much else to say yeah. that, I, that people don't know already. Uh, so he got a center. At center, we're going to go Joel Embiid. This guy's probably a top two MVP candidate right now. Uh, the Sixers are finally doing it. I knew that you can have him at one. There's there's other options. I probably have Luka at one person. That's just my opinion. Uh, the, guy, the Sixers are finally doing it after all these years. We said, oh, the Sixers got to be good at some point, and they're the one seed right now, and we're going to see what happens. Hopefully they can break through this year. So we're going to go Joel Embiid. That's the best in the West. Yeah, great picks, guys. I don't think I'd argue with any with you guys on any of those. I was pretty good, but um, so I'm gonna go one, three, five. Max is gonna give you guys two and four. So for your Western Conference All Stars at the one, I have Steph Curry, the everything for the Warriors this year, kind of just carrying the team on his back. You know, putting up big performances. So you know, he's the he's everything that that team is. So I'm I got Steph there. So Max, uh, who you got at the two? Yeah. Um. Steph also greatest shooter of all time. That's another discussion. But yeah, I agree. I agree. I um, agree with that. I don't know how she put there. Yeah, I mean, I mean Ray Allen's right there, but I feel like it's he's about to pass him in like like two thirds of the amount of games. It's like ridiculous. That, that's what I mean. Like yeah. It, so, um, but at two we got Frank mentioned him earlier. Luka Doncic. Um, he's just balling this year and absolutely tearing apart the NBA. And uh, I mean, for last season, he looked phenomenal, and he just looks even better this year. So it was kind of hard to not put him at two. Yeah, I know he's a point guard, obviously, but like you can't not have Luca in the starting five of an all. You can't have Steph, and you, you can't not have Steph, and you can't not have Luca. So exactly, so it'll work. I mean, those and, two on court that that'll work plenty. But yeah, obviously, Luca, uh, one of the youngest uh, rising stars in the league, the future face of the league, I'd say. Yeah. So over at the three, we have. The man himself, LeBron James, no argument there, really. Obviously, that's uh, that kind of went without, you know, any, everybody would have guessed that. So then, Max, over to you with the four. The four, this one is almost the same as that one. Uh, out of L.A., you got Anthony Davis at the four. Oh, yeah. um, power forward. I mean, like, you really, there is no other option at power forward, in my opinion, right now. He's just too dominant. Definitely. Is there an argument to be made to put Paul George at the four? he's like missed a little time and like i don't know he paul george i do i actually paul george the paul george slander is unreal these days I have, been over my, that, yeah. I have him on my fantasy team and the shit people say about him is disgusting and i just hate that so i i'm with you with paul george but i don't think that is an option for this starting five the paul george slander stems from his terrible playoffs and that's yeah. only with the clippers too like back when he was in indiana that guy was a 
killer in the playoffs. He was yeah, he had ice in his veins. Yeah, killer. P. <laughs> yeah, I still remember that dunk he had against uh, Ryan Anderson against the Heat. I think it was I don't know if you guys remember that one. Yeah. Yeah, man. He used to he used to go at it. Yeah. Yeah. Clippers is a whole nother mess and story that we could get Not to. Was, all different shit, stuff but, another uh, podcast. Yeah. We could another <laughs> podcast talking about the Clippers. <laughs> so at the center, we have Nikola Jokic. And Joker. I, I think this is pretty obvious as well. I love Nikola Jokic. Just like he has the skill set of a point guard at the center position. And it's just crazy the way he passes, scores, and plays defense. It's just unbelievable. Obviously, everybody knows that. So I'm kind of just repeating what everybody knows there. But Nikola Jokic is just like unbelievable big man. And he, his game has so many different dimensions that I love. So got to put him there. So that is the all-star team brought, the to West. You, brought to you by yours truly, the Couch Potato Show. Absolutely. So um, Tyler, Frank, you guys want to bring us into the next thing, Tyler? Yeah. Um, so there's not really much else to talk about in the, uh, in the world of the NBA. So um, this weekend, we probably had one of the uh, biggest events of the year um, in the golf world. Um, I'd say, in my opinion, the biggest non-major um, that the PGA Tour holds, and that is the, uh, the Waste Management Open in uh, Phoenix. Um, Absolutely. Personally, a bucket list uh, tournament to go to uh, if I had to pick one. Maybe maybe more than the Masters. Um, but, uh, yeah, one hell of a tournament that we had. Um, Max, I know you watched it. Um, I watched it as much as possible. But, I mean, we had we had some guys in there that in contention in the on Sunday that were not projected to be, even be close in the leaderboard. Uh, what do you think about uh, how those guys played? Absolutely. I mean, like, just touching on your first point. Yeah, I think the Waste Management Open, that's up there with, like, for golf fans, like, that's a place that people want to see. Before, like, yeah, it's up there. That, Pebble Beach, the Masters at Augusta, like, those are up there. So I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, it was a great weekend of golf, honestly. I feel like when you get these weekends where you have the guys that you're not expecting – along with maybe one or two guys that you're expecting, like your Brooks or your uh, Shoffleys or your, let's see, I think Rory was in it uh, a little bit this weekend. When you have a good mix of that, I feel like it makes for a great weekend of golf because you really have no fucking clue what's going to happen. Oh yeah. And I was, I was, I was watching on Sunday and um, I believe, I believe Brooks was in a grouping with Steve Stricker Um and I was just watching because they had Stricker on TV for, uh, for like a couple holes straight because he was making a run towards the end. And then uh, I believe it was the 17th hole. Uh, Stricker pulls out like a four iron uh, to hit a shot. And uh, no, I'm sorry. Brooks pulls out a four iron, four iron to hit a shot. And we're like, all right, that makes sense. I mean, it's a a four iron kind of shot and then it's the same shot and steve stricker pulls out like a driver and just and hits it maybe five yards past uh kepka's ball i'm like wait so like he can hit a like a four like it's just unreal um and then brooks kept a kepka went on to eagle that hole um on an insane chip putt um 
and then went on to win the tournament, obviously. Um, but yeah, the guys like Jordan Spieth, um, finally in contention in another tournament. Um, Steve Stricker was up there. Uh, just those, that group of guys that you don't really see at the top of the boards very often anymore that you miss seeing up there, um, really made it for a good tournament. And then of course you had your, your Shoffleys, your Kepkas, your, uh, DJs, Rory's, JT's and just a great all around tournament really would have wished they had a full packed house at the 16th hole at the, uh, the stadium hall, but, um, that would have been sick, but they, they made the most of it. It wasn't that bad. Yeah. I mean, just going off your point about Brooks, I mean, seeing him hit the ball, him and like probably Rom and JT, just the way they stroke the ball and like the power that they have is just ridiculous. Like, and seeing how far they can pull it, it it's something else. And, uh, and I, the reason I don't bring up DeShambo is because his is like, more unorganic meaning he's like trying to do that like he's he's purposely trying to beef up and changing his swing but these other guys that just naturally have this like strong ass swing like it's struck the ball i find that so impressive by the way bryson dechambeau fantastic super bowl commercial i thought that was good too yeah i thought that was good yeah we didn't talk about the commercials i forgot we we didn't talk about yeah but with that me and max will shut up um (laughs) Frank, I believe you guys uh, will we'll segue into uh, college basketball, the big college basketball guys. Uh, you guys have – you guys tag-teamed on a uh, little ranking you guys have. We did. It was tough. Uh, right, Evan? It, a lot of teams lost this week. There was a lot of shuffling to do. Wisconsin lost a game. Uh, uh, Ohio State moved up a lot. It was, it was tough. Yeah, an unprecedented week in college basketball for sure, Frank. Villanova with a loss. You know, Iowa keeps getting beat. A couple other, a uh, couple other teams in there. Houston, we saw lose, which is yep. out of the blue. So very, a lot of us from last week's rankings. I know you had. We had a lot of work to do, and uh, it was great to come together and put together a top twenty-five that I know we're both proud of. Yeah, we did. A, it was a lot of. We were we we're sitting there uh, before we started, and we we're just like, who do we even move around? Because. As you said, Houston lost. Illinois played a good game. Villanova lost to St. John's, who's arguably a really underrated team. It was tough. Uh, who would you say is probably the biggest threat in the Big Ten? Because I know we talked about a lot about the Big Ten. We're big, a lot of Big Ten teams in the tournament this year. So who do you who right? Do you got? So Frank and I. Before I get into this, Frank and I, we were talking, and we both agree that the Big Ten is the most competitive league in the country. And that goes without being said. So we gave a little more leeway to our, our Big Ten teams because of the, you know, the, the difficulty of their schedules. So best team in the Big Ten. Me personally, I'm thinking right now, if things after their after their COVID, uh, their whole COVID thing, Michigan's in a tier of their own, but then you got Illinois right there and then Iowa. So I like Illinois second. I know, you know, Rutgers beat them, just saying, but uh, – <laughs> But, you know, as of late, they have been playing really good basketball. And I think that's such a deep team between, you know, obviously the stars are Desumu and Kofi Coburn, but the guys who don't get as much praise with Trent Frazier, Andre Curbelo, Georgie Bajanishvili, you know, I think that's a deep team and a team that could do damage in March. What about you, Frank? Uh, I like I like Illinois a lot, obviously. I picked them uh, uh, on, the, on our show for the uh, big, big, uh, big Ten title. I think Iowa is just not playing well right now, but that schedule is really tough. They got the player of the year undisputed right now in Luca Garza. 
They have shooters everywhere. They're, they're a tough team. Uh, I think they can easily make a run in the Big Ten tournament. I don't think they're going to win the Big Ten because it's a little bit too late for them now, and there's a couple teams ahead of them. But come Big Ten tournament time, I think they can really make a run, and they'll be tough in March for sure. So they're yeah, gonna be- really tough loss for them against Ohio State in that last game. I know they're in Ohio not- State. We didn't even mention Ohio State, who's number yeah, four in the national ranking good. this week. So Yeah, so – you know, Ohio State's been playing their best basketball of the season by far. But, yeah, oh, Iowa's next game, they have Rutgers on Wednesday, actually. So that, that's a big game for both teams at, in Iowa. So that's going to be a huge game. Huge game for Rutgers. Is for yeah, sure. looking to pick up a massive road win that could really solidify them into the tournament if they win that game. So anybody else you want to talk about? Let's talk about a couple of the other conferences. I know we wanted to go about the other Power Fives. We could talk a little bit. Uh, we could go to the SEC next if you're cool with that. I'm cool with that. I like I like Tennessee. I know Tyler's Tide is playing really well. They lost. They just lost to Missouri. Well, they didn't play well the other night, but recently uh, they lost against Missouri. But you got to remember, Tyler, they're down 20 in that game, and they made it a game. So you can't be too upset about it. We did. We did make it a game. Uh, I don't know how. I didn't watch it, so I couldn't tell you. Um, we were down 22 with like five minutes left, and then made it a one point game with a minute left. It was absurd. Yeah. I think Missouri honestly just stopped trying. Like, it's nothing we did differently. <laughs> we were still playing like dog shit. Missouri just stopped trying. Um, but, yeah. When uh, Missouri's on their game, they're actually really good. I like Missouri. They are really good. Yeah. And are probably the ugliest 30 – it wasn't 40. I'd say 30 minutes of basketball I've seen in a very long time out of mm. Alabama. Um, and this is me being unbiased. I don't think that they're worthy of a – Top twenty ranking right now, honestly. Hot take from Tyler. Yeah, even that's I don't know. Even like even me, like I don't give Alabama credit at all because I have to hear Tyler talk about it. But I still think they're a top fifteen team. Yeah, they need to lose. One well, game. They need to lose a couple more for me to not say that they're top twenty. Yeah, like you guys, Tyler knows especially like my one game rule where like the, the AP poll does this all the time, where a team wins one game and they skyrocket them in the rankings. Like I when I make mine, I don't really do that. And it's yeah, the same I thing do. when they lose. Like I didn't. We didn't. Uh, plummet Alabama because they lost one game but right and like with the when we we care about the strength of schedule because it depends who you lose to and what happens you get upset in college basketball that happens all the time that's normal so you have to give a little bit of leeway with one game with just like absolutely sh- you know throwing teams down the rankings I don't think that's right we both uh, seem to agree about that but um but yeah with the SEC I think it's really Tennessee Missouri and Alabama are in a tier their own and then everyone else sucks yeah the, the bottom half of half of the SEC is just not great. For yeah, it's crazy That's... because this is a year where we're not seeing teams that we're accustomed to being amazing are amazing. Kansas isn't amazing. UNC is not amazing. Duke's not amazing. Kentucky's not amazing. They all are. Kentucky, D- Kentucky, Duke, Michigan State probably aren't making the tournament. So yeah, exactly. I saw a stat. It was like um, the top 13 teams in college basketball ranked all-time wins. So the all-time winning is 13 college basketball teams. Um, haven't been ranked at all this season in the top 25. wonder who, who it is. It's probably uh, – well, it's exactly who you would guess. Your Dukes, North Carolinas, Indiana, yeah. Michigan States. Yeah. Those, those teams. And even, even teams that aren't ranked right now, like teams like uh, like Kansas, I would say, like that, the Big 12 is like ridiculously good. So I don't think you can – like I know they've lost – I think it's like what, five of seven – five of 10 games or something like that. I don't, I don't know exactly, but even if they lose a bunch of games, that conference is so good that you can't really just like doubt Kansas going into March Madness or even going to their conference tournament. They, they could easily be the one. 
agree. Same thing with Texas too. They just lost. Uh, they just lost a game against Oklahoma State, who I was on earlier. Uh, not a lot of people were, but I was on them before. And even them, their defense is just too good with Greg Brown to not be scared of them come conference tournament or March. I I don't I can't agree more. Um, Frank, you want to take us through a little? I know you're the Seton Hall guy. You want to take us through a, a Big East rundown? I just like to point out first that when Evan led off this segment, he said power five and not power six. <laughs> We're not having this argument again. Uh, power five, whatever. Power six is the thing. Respect it. Respect the drip. Nope. <laughs> uh, so the Big East is uh, it's tough, man. There's a lot of good teams in the Big East. You got Villanova, of course, who I think is overrated because they almost – my Pirates almost beat them by two points they lost, and they've played consistently close games against teams they really should be playing close games against. Creighton is another example. They've lost a lot of – they've won a lot of close games that they easily could have lost, Pirates being one of them. Marquette, uh, they lost, just lost to Georgetown, so that was a good game for them. Xavier is in third right now. They've only played six conference games, which is kind of – Eh, you can't really do anything about that. And then you got the Pirates. Uh, Marquette is a good team. They play well on the road. Uh, don't win a lot of games at home that they should, but, you know. They, the Big East is really close. It's just like every other conference. I, I see Villanova winning it. I see Crane finishing second. And then I'm a, I see my Pirates finishing third, finishing out the year strong. Gotcha. I mean, you'll be happy to hear from me. I do consider it power five because that's always what it's been. in football. But like, I do think the big East is probably, I don't know. Tell me if you think this is a hot take or a cold take, but I think that the big East is probably better than the PAC 12 this year. Yeah. Like, and it, like the sec, they even give the sec a run. I think top to bottom, the big East is better than the sec top to bottom. Yeah. This year, probably there's some, and last year, even last year, big East was top two, top two, three conference last year. Yeah. So, I mean, I just don't call it like it's power five because that's just what it's always been with between football and basketball. And then everything else is a mid major, but the disrespect of the big East has to stop, especially from Tyler over here. The disrespect is ridiculous. Listen, I'm not disrespecting the Big East. I'm I've been to uh, several Big East basketball games because I've taken you to games. Yeah, they're extremely fun. I'm not downgrading the quality of basketball. I'm just saying that the words "power six <laughs> never existed until they, they do came. exist. I heard it on Fox Sports never watching existed. the game yesterday. You heard them when you were watching what game? The Big East game. What else were they talking about? <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> it was uh, uh, Lavin, Steve Lavin. Uh, Frank, this is like saying um, – this is like saying if Seton Hall – I'm just using Seton Hall as an example. But let's say Seton Hall – Football team? I'm just using Seton Hall as an example. But let's say Seton okay. Hall in the net rankings because net rankings does more than top 25. Let's say Seton Hall was ranked 26. Okay. They would be the only team recognizing the fact that they're twenty that there's a ranking past twenty five. Like no one cares. No one's gonna I don't think that's true. No one's gonna give you any credit Frank, for it. Also, the Big East like doesn't have football, so I don't, we're not talking about football. Yeah, but it still counts for the power five saying I know. I'm yeah. just saying that, you know, the power five conferences well, no, the D one double A team in football. <laughs> The Power Five Conference is a myth. It's a myth. It's for teams that make more money. That's all it is. No, I, I don't think you're wrong. I just don't think – I think you need football in order to be considered a Power Five school. I, that's not – well, you know, uh, if we're talking basketball, I think I think they're right up there. It would be like saying um, the, Ivy, there. 
it would be like saying there's a there's a power of six in hockey because the Ivy League should be the sixth conference. Like you're just one. It's one sport. That means absolutely nothing to me. I don't watch an ounce of college hockey. I'm just saying. Sure. <laughs> fantastic. You really should. It's fucking fantastic. Okay. I know Quinnipiac's good. That's all I know. All right. No one cares. BU is really good this year, right? What is that? Isn't BU really good? BU is always pretty good. Very little. Are we talking about college hockey or college basketball? Yeah, I don't know why. We just got off the basketball. Basketball, they don't. I couldn't even tell you. College hockey, like they're very not playing. Like they're not playing much this year because of COVID. Yeah, because of COVID. I mean, and it's like not as much of a money grabber. So like, got rid of the college hockey team. I've always been a Frozen Four guy. Not gonna lie, that's awesome. Dude, the frozen Four is lit. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's usually some Minnesota teams, and then maybe North or South Dakota up there. With maybe like a Denver. Boston. I don't know. No, it's like it, yeah, it's like Minnesota, like North or South. Minnesota Dakota. Duluth is fantastic. Yeah, and then there's like BU, Quinnipiac, and then the occasional fucking Montana. UVM used to be good, not so much anymore. I can't believe we just got into the Frozen Four. Dude, I'm happy I, I, we did. I haven't watched a single game of college hockey in my entire life. You Fair really should, bro. I've been to the Bean Pot, which is like that's What's where that? that's where uh, BU, UMass, Lowell, College, UMass, Amster, and then like Boston College, and maybe one or two other schools. It's like a Boston college hockey tournament. Yeah, like Northwestern. So over there too. To see. Yeah, it's where so is that? do they have that at TD Garden? Yeah, at either TD Garden or at the schools around the city. Ah, the Bean Pot. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's called, the Bean Pot. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really dope. Oh, Jesus. So, <laughs> off track is getting oh, it's not on the basketball. <laughs> getting away from the Bean Pot and back to college basketball. Frank, do we have anything else when it comes to the college basketball? Or uh, are you good with the, the Big East? There, do you have anything else for the, the listeners? I would probably say the Pac-12 is pretty interesting to watch because you got Oregon there, you got UCLA, and then, you, of course, you got USC who just got ranked. So that should also be another good conference. There's just a lot of good conferences this year. It's kind of all over the place, which is why it makes it fun. So Yeah, it's going to be super fun. I'm really disappointed just ending off just a little bit of Pac-12. I'm really, I was really hopeful about Arizona State this year, and they're really just, like, disappointed. Dude, don't even get me started, bro. I, we pick them for our show, for our pick them, like, the, the winner. I picked Arizona State. They're in, like, eighth Johnny right Martin and Josh Christopher was supposed to be this, like, unbelievable duo. I know. I, I, was, I was firmly on the Sun Devils train, and they just disappointed me. No, fuck Bobby Hurley. Fair enough. <laughs> That's all. So <laughs> – that is the word from Frank and I. We will have a graphic going for all the listeners so you can see our complete top 25 and five bubble teams as well. So that's exciting. So moving, segueing into our next thing, the Couch Potato guys have a segment that they do on their show. Why don't you let him introduce Tyler. Yeah, I was going to say Frank or yeah. Tyler. You yeah, guys so- can do that. Um, we not not every week. We have a new episode every week, but we usually try to do it once a month. Um, do a big deal, no big deal, uh, segment, and uh, basically, I'll just spit out a uh, a topic and that's going on uh, in the sports world, big headline or something, um, and just see what the reactions are from the from the boys. Um, so I'll run through. I got a I got three or four that we can talk about. One that I think is gonna uh, stir the pot a little. Um, but I'll, I'll talk about, um, let's start off with Patrick Mahomes, 
uh, losing big time. Uh, is this big deal or no big deal that Patrick Mahomes was exposed the fuck out of on Sunday night? I'll go first. I think that's no big deal whatsoever. I still think Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. And uh, it, they'll, they'll just have to go back next year, figure out what didn't work. And like we said before, the offensive line and uh, maybe some of the receivers working on their hands a little bit. Oh, um, so frustrating. But I, I think that's a, a, a no big deal. I think he'll he'll be back. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Max. That's no big deal. He's going to be, like I said before, he's going to be at least three or four more probably in our lifetime than his career. And it's not a big deal because it wasn't his fault, in all honesty. Like Max just said, it's the offensive line. His receivers didn't play well. And that Bucks defense was just unstoppable. There's really nothing he can do. No matter how he played, I don't think they're going to win that game. So it's no big deal. Yeah, I'm going to go no big deal as well. I literally had what Frank just said planned and ready to follow. <laughs> My bad, bro. bro. It's because we're so smart. Like, exactly. We it, was, it was not about Mahomes. He's still the best quarterback in the league. It was more about the offensive line failing and the Buccaneers defense playing amazing. Shout out to Todd Bowles for a great game plan. <laughs> Isn't that great? The New York Dude. Jets get rid of Todd Bowles. For Dude, they should have showed this man on the screen and out loud I go, that man got another job? I didn't even know. <sighs> ridiculous um, i like selly though it could be good for me yeah um all right so second up before i get into this i have a quick stat for you guys that i saw the other day that is absolutely fucking absurd um a couple days ago tim hardaway jr i forget exactly how many field goals it was um but he attempted a number of field goals um in a game in a loss um and missed every single one he set a record for most missed most shots attempted in a game without a made shot. Was um, it more than 10? It was, yeah, I'll look it up. Probably, so I want to yeah, say, seven. Frank, I'd like to know this, this number before I give my take. <laughs> I would like to think it's, let's say it's 17, 17. It like 17, 18 ish. 17. He went over 17 from the field. 17. Um, would you guys like to guess who held Kobe that won. record before him? Frank, Kobe, Kobe. I know the answer, so I won't comment. I actually know the answer. It was Tim Hardaway Sr. Oh. That's trippy. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. You learn that's something trippy. new every day. Wow, that is a great tidbit, Tyler. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the big deal or no big deal thing that I have, the Mavericks suck, and they have <laughs> no excuse. I mean, Luca's fully healthy. Chris Stapps is fully healthy. Chris the entire roster is fully healthy. They were a playoff team last year, and they suck. Um, is this big deal or no big deal? Uh, time to worry about the Mavericks? I'll kick it off. First of all, I think it is a big deal because they were coming into the season with high hopes. Kristaps looks like he's on another planet right now. Like, where is he? He's not doing anything. Luca's playing great still, but that's about the only one. They're not as deep of a team as everybody thinks. Their depth really – like, their bench really is not that good. And – I just think if it, Luca, it's on him now to carry the team. And Porzingis is supposed to be that second guy. And if he's not doing anything, you kind of put Luca in a very difficult position to, you know, create wins and have, have a winning basketball team. So I think they need to get a few more guys, especially, you know, coming in on the, on the, um, in the rotation from the bench to help out a little bit. Cause once Luca comes out, they're screwed. So I think it is a big deal and they're going to keep losing games if they don't do something about this and figure it out. Yeah, I'm going to agree. When there's, there, there comes a point in time when you look at the standings and you're behind the Oklahoma City Thunder 
whose only real player is Shea Gillis Alexander, there, there's a problem. There's got, there's something going on. Don't and I didn't my guy Lou Dort like that. All right, Lou Dort's nice, but like still though, like <laughs> bro, come on. And it's uh, it's frustrating because they made that trade for Josh Richardson last season to get and they got rid of Seth Curry. I thought he was gonna be really good for them. He's done absolutely nothing for that team, and it's just trickled down. They miss his shooting. They're not. They're just not the same team. I don't know what it is. I couldn't tell you what the problem is. They're just not the same. So I think it's a big deal, and they need to figure it out because that Western Conference is way too competitive to fall this far behind and even have a shot at making the playoffs. So they need to figure it out fast. Funny you bring up Seth Curry because he's actually doing so well with the 76ers. He's he perfect is. for them. He yeah. fits so well. They needed a three-point shooter. Yeah. I said that yeah. we when we were talking a little earlier in the season, we were talking about where James Harden should go. And I said I liked him at the 76ers because they could just dish him the ball at the three. He's the um, upgrade of Danny he's Green. He's a, but, better, um, he's, a, he's a better Danny Green. And they I would have liked that if they traded Simmons. That would have been a good trade for them if they traded Simmons for James Harden, but, like, that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. But that I, I think it – but going back to the original question, I think it's kind of a big deal. I mean, just going off of 17 missed shots and no points, I mean, you're not Kobe. That's That was my guess, Kobe, because he had all those air balls that one game and then still came back the next game, all confidence. You're not Kobe, so I wouldn't expect to, to come back very, very strong the next game after that. Yeah, I, mean, I personally, I think it's a it's a huge deal. I mean, this is a team that um, made the playoffs without much of a problem last year, and they nearly took down the Clippers uh, in the first round. So the expectations coming into the season with everybody healthy and your, your own, the only team that's worse than you in the Western Conference is the Timberwolves. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, that's just embarrassing. <laughs> For you guys that don't know, I am a Timberwolves fan. Yeah, it's, took it. it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty ugly there uh, down in Dallas. Save the draft pick. <laughs> um, this next one that I got is not much of a big deal. No big deal. Kind of a debate topic that I have um, after Sunday night's football game. Who do you guys think is the better quarterback tight end duo? Is it Tom Brady and Gronk or is it Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey? Max, we'll start back off with you. Wait, is this like all time or right now? Right now. <laughs> I wonder who he's going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to go with Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. I mean, I, I feel like it's not arguable with the amount of uh, Super Bowl success that they've had together at this point. But he said right now. You still think even right now? Oh, right now. Uh, Right this second, yes, because they, they whipped the Chiefs' ass yesterday, and Gronkowski was a huge part of that. And Kelsey played less of a factor than Gronk did, I think. Kelsey had more receptions and receiving yards. Yeah, but he didn't have any tutties, not where it mattered. So they held him out one of was, One was a dump-off touchdown, so I won't give you credit for that one. It was a screenplay. That was a dump-off. It was, was it a screenplay? I don't remember. Yeah. Could be remembering it wrong. It's a design screenplay. I don't remember it being a screen. I remember I remember it just being like a dump off to this guy and he goes, Oh, there he is in the end zone. It's like, oh, okay. No, it was a 99 yard touchdown and a one yard touchdown both yield six points. So that's true. No, I yeah, but I can score that. It's not a dump off. It's a good play. The second one was legit. It was a dump off. They do it every time and it would work. But guess what? Not every that's what the the Chiefs usually do. They they run that they run that pitch play to Tyreek Hill and they usually get touchdowns out of it. Yep. They do, yeah, absolutely. But to go back to Tyler's question, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Kelsey. I like Kelsey and Mahomes. 
If if you ask me right now who I wanted, I would probably say uh, Mahomes and Kelsey just because I think they got an expiration date on Gronk and Brady. I don't think it's going much longer, to be honest. Well, Uh, yeah, Gronk and Kelsey are the same age. I know Gronk's had like four times as many injuries, but just saying. Gronk's Gronk's losing it. That guy's insane. He's he's going insane. He can barely even form a sentence anymore. Are you really going insane if you already were insane? It's true. I mean, very good point. It's a very good point, but I just I I I don't know. I like I like Kelsey. I'm not a football person. I'll I'll be the first to admit that. But watching Kelsey and watching Gronk and two different two different games, and I just I just like Kelsey better personally. So I would take them. Yeah, I mean, like I I hear you 100. percent I'm just probably a little biased too. A little bit. No, that's all right. It's all right. Listen, I just sat here for like five minutes and talked about how Seton Hall is going to finish third in the Big East, and I'll probably finish like seven. Um, back to Tyler's question though, I, right now I'd have to go with obviously yesterday in the Super Bowl, Gronk and Brady were better, but throughout the last few regular seasons, it's definitely been Mahomes and Kelsey. So for that reason, I think that's obvious. So for that reason, I'm going to go with them. Uh, and just to add, I think all time, I think Mahomes and Kelsey will finish. Like, oh, if we're going further like, right now of all time, Brady. it's Brady and Gronk, but. Eventually. No, I think right now all time it's Brady and Gronk. But if if we're talking all time in like five years, I think it very well could be Kelsey. Yeah, they, they're going to make a couple more Super Bowls uh, together. If you look back at Gronk, though, like with that 17 touchdown season, he was one of the most like elite just players of all time. Absolutely. That was Part crazy. Like, Kelsey's amazing. And like, I mean, Kelsey might like, will, uh, Kelsey will make the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, but I don't know. Yeah, so I don't know. I think all time, it'd be hard for me to argue against Gronk and Brady all time. Yeah. I mean, if you're just talking tight ends, I I think you got to give it to Gronk just because he he can block. And like, that's like, he's a great blocker. And the fact, like, Kelsey can block, but he's not like, not nearly on the same level. Right. I think uh, I think Gronk is just such a dynamic player. And the fact that you said he can block and he has speed. Um, and he can he can just run through people um, a, like a lot better than Travis Kelsey can. Um, so I think right now um, I'll, I'll give it to I'll give it to Brady and Gronk that they weren't uh, that they weren't synced up because they haven't been playing together for a couple years. Yeah, they they got a little bit more of this, and then they're they can easily pass Mahomes and uh, and Kelsey, and I think all time it's still going to end up being Brady and Gronk. Um, but that's just me. And then uh, so I'll uh, I'll end our I'll, our little segment with this because um, I'm I'm sure this will uh, ruffle some feathers and uh, stir the pot a little bit of uh, discussion, but. Trevor Bauer, kind of overshadowed by Super Bowl weekend, signed with the Dodgers. Um, now, I know it's hypocritical of me saying this as a Yankee fan, but the rich have gotten richer, and the Dodgers are now growing exponentially in uh, their odds to win another World Series title. Um, big deal or no big deal that Trevor Bauer has signed with the Dodgers? Evan, I'll start with you. Massive deal. Bauer is one of the – after, you know, he won the Cy Young, former Cy Young. Whenever he a Cy Young pitcher goes somewhere, it's a big deal. And he's looking to be one of the best arms in the league this year. Let's see what happens. I mean, he's not at – people think he's, like, super proven. He had one, two, like, really good seasons. But you know, throughout his career, he has had a few hiccups. But I think Bauer is really good. And we saw – I 
I saw with his contract, he's obviously not going the long-term route. He's getting a lot of money for a short amount of time. He can opt out after next year if he wants to. So goes to think, is this the new wave where people are just going to be the great players are just going to jump from contender to contender, or is there something to be said for wanting to, you know, stay in one team and build something special. But then you see when you sign these big contracts, you got players like Pujols and Harper, who at the end of it, you could, I mean, Harper probably will happen by the time it's done. He's going to be old and these guys are old and they become liabilities to their teams while still eating a ridiculous amount of contract and a ridiculous amount of money. So something to think about for sure. I'll pass it over to Max. Um, I mean, like you said, when you get a, uh, a former Cy Young winner, I mean, it's a huge deal. Um, and I mean, the Dodgers obviously already a stacked team. So getting another pitcher like that, very huge for them. So I'll say it's a big deal, um, big deal for the Dodgers. And hopefully they can, with this, make a, make another run at it next year. I think it's a huge deal, obviously. Like like the other guys said, Cy Young at any point, any time in his career, if he's a former Cy Young pitcher, you definitely want him on your team. I think the contract is going to be really interesting because the Dodgers only have probably one year of Trevor Bauer. And if he has another year like he had last year, he's going to sign a different contract somewhere else. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see where if he stays or if he goes. And he's definitely not staying for at most two years because that third year is like $20 million of contract. He'll, he'd rather just leave and go somewhere else. So the window for the Dodgers is probably two years. So, so if they don't win it this year, they need to win it next year. Or they're going to lose some guys. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, I think uh, Trevor Bauer is a great pitcher. And – I'm kind of playing devil's advocate here and I'm kind of being real. I don't think this is a huge, as big a deal as you guys are making it out to be. Um, Trevor Bauer is a great pitcher. Like I've said, Um, you have to give the fact that he won the Cy Young last year, a little bit of credit to the fact that the MLB season was only 60 games. Um, So, and even then, he pitched like two games against the Pirates and two games against the Tigers and one against right. the Cubs. Like it's competition. In a division that was very, very bad um, in the NL Central. So you have to kind of take that into account. Um, you also have to take into account that he did make a bet with one of his former teammates, I think, um, that he would never sign a multi-year contract or he would always have the option of uh, – of signing with a new team um, every single year that he played. Do you know what the punishment was if he did? Do you remember? Because I know it if you don't remember. It's funny. Yeah, I, it's, I'm blanking. It's, uh, he gets hit in the nuts with a wiffle ball bat if he signs a multi-year contract. Right. So <laughs> Trevor Bauer, I'm going to sign a deal from here out because I don't want that to happen. <laughs> but uh, I think that's the reason why he took the opt-out after one year. I think that's the reason why he needed that in this contract. And I don't – the Dodgers are going to be good no matter what. The Dodgers are probably going to um, – they'll probably make it to the uh, NLC, NLCS. It'll probably be Dodgers-Padres. Um, that's, you can hope. That's what we want, right? And, uh, I mean, I don't think I don't think this move is going to make the Dodgers at, that much better. I mean, their, their pitching staff is already really good. Um I don't know if it puts them that much more over the top or than they already are. So I don't think it's a huge deal. I mean, I, I could see them making the NLCS. And then I could also see teams like the Cardinals making the NLCS. They always find a way to kind of sneak in. That's really odd. See what happens. All right, guys. So got into a lot today. A lot to, uh, lot to digest there. But 
I had a great time. I know uh, Max did as well, guys. Looking forward to doing a collab again in the future. Washed Up Sports Podcast, Couch Potato Show. So follow and subscribe the Instagrams and YouTubes. We're at a Washed Up Sports Pod. You guys, what's your IG? At the Couch Potato Show on Instagram and YouTube. You heard it. Follow it. Subscribe it. Like it. Comment it. Everything. Everything. Share it. We appreciate all support. So, yeah, pleasure, guys, and uh, take care. We will see you guys soon. All the links will be in the bio. Get that done. Adios, boys.